Welcome back, listeners, joggers, walkers, whatever you like to do when you listen to podcasts. This is the Rogue Contenders, and we are back for episode something. Have we hit d- double digits yet? This is this nine. We are ten? nine. No, we are nine. Yeah. We are okay. We are at episode nine. It is me, Ralton, with Drake and Jay Crane, and we got some Alpha Clash stuff to talk about today. Yeah, a lot of a lot of big things happened last week. Yeah, a lot, a lot, all at once too. Yeah, it's like somebody listened to our last episode. Yeah, that's what I would say. It's like it was uh, pretty great to see some of the things that we talked about actually come into fruition. I mean, at one point there, I thought that you know, <laughs> we was going, you know, we're not, we're not gonna make it to next week. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> oh, y'all got shit to say. Uh, <laughs> but but no, it's all it's all good. That's why I, said I do love um, Alpha Clash. And I actually love the creators a lot because they do something that I feel like a lot of companies need to do, which is actually listen to the people who are buying your product and playing your game. Yeah, for sure. Because we we all see things like wizards and especially Konami, who you tell them, hey, this is bad. They look you dead in your face and go, give me money. And we might fix yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and and look at where Hasbro is right now. Matter of fact, with you saying that, it's yeah. uh, so not I've not going that. good over there. Yeah, it's not going good over there. Yeah, I, I seen something about that. Um, but I didn't I didn't look into it. I mean, I know I don't, I don't want to go off topic, but what what the hell happened? Uh, so pretty much they laid off uh about eleven hundred people. And right before the holidays, of course, and they're saying that it's for them, you know, to streamline the business. But yet they have, uh, you know, their CEOs and stuff like that that are getting huge amounts of money in just bonuses. Oh my! And they laid off all these people that are the ones that work all the time that you know make their product that make them all those millions. And wow. They they laid them off so that they could have a nice Christmas, but all those people, you know, unfortunately now have to. It's horrible. It's it's honestly atrocious. Uh, I personally have not bought any Magic product in a while, and I don't plan to until we see some kind of change because it's just it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. So, people out there, go make your proxies. Make your own damn cards. Yeah, don't, it, don't it, spend it, their it, money. Isn't proxies actually legal in Magic and some sit, um, some things? Oh, uh, like in you Commander, can't play it in everything is legal. Stuff, but yeah, and Commander, which is really the main format right now for Magic, um, everybody, you know, as long as your your group's okay with it, that's fine. But yeah, we even have somebody right now in our TikTok live, um, saying get proxies, and it's true. We, we people just go get proxies. Don't give Hasbro your money anymore. Teach him a lesson. It, it's gone too far. It's gone way too far. Yeah, that that that's ridiculous. And again, that's why I say I stand by um, Ridge and the team because they listen. And I don't feel like they would ever do something that drastic like that. Um, I because that that that's I mean it's fucking horrible. I Man, there, there's no there's no way to put it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But all right, perfect. Let's go ahead and get into this because um, we got we got some time, but we also got some short time. But we're going to talk about we talked about on it recent uh, briefly in the past couple of weeks. But now that we have Clash Grounds and it's kind of out, it's been almost a month now, which is t- weird. You think about it that the 
the end of the year is almost here. And we kind of have a little bit more concrete things. There's, there's been some tournaments going on, but we kind of have an idea of what I feel like are cars that are just like just just amazing and have really changed the game. I know I'm going to start off with one of mine's, and I know you guys can kind of roll your eyes at this, but Jesus Christ, it, it's the truth. I feel even, yes, it's a mechanic, but God damn it, it's a card too. The portal has yeah. completely changed this game. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a game changer at the end of the day. You know, <laughs> literally. <that> is, <laughs> yeah, it literally changed how the game is played. Um, it, especially certain decks, because it's not all decks that use it a lot, but the decks that do use it. Be careful. You got to be careful with those. Yeah, you, you really do. Do use it. Be careful that somebody doesn't troll you out of it. And, yeah. and, and that's why I feel like that, that, that's why that's one of uh, It's not in any order, but I would say that's probably one of my top cards. It, it's the portal because it's like, I feel like literally, and I know we talked about before about sideboarding, but I feel like you need to respect the portal and you need to have a way to play around the portal. If you don't, you can really give your opponent an advantage. And if you have no way to turn it off or turn it, you know, or close it or open it, they can just freely do whatever they want to, and it makes the game a lot harder. And I feel like it's one card that you literally need to respect and need you need to either mainboard or sideboard cards that can manipulate the portal. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't need it for that matchup, you can resource it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh well the portal isn't a card per se. It's sort of a game state that's noted by. A yeah, card. That, that's why I said I, I, I'm cheating there because, like, technically it's a mechanic. But I, I said technically, since they printed a card, I'm like, I'm going to say it's a card. But technically, there, there, I haven't. I'm not sure if this is right or not. I haven't heard anything. If there is any rule that you need to have a portal card, or can you just have like a token or a die to just symbolize open and close? Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you don't have a portal card, you can just use a coin and just keep track of it or just, you know, something that just lets you indicate it. But I don't think you need the actual card. Yeah. It, unless you have a foil version, then run it. Yeah, I don't I don't have a foil version. Oh, no, I have. No, I don't. I don't have a foil version either of the tokens or of uh, the portal. I would say double check the portal because the portal is not foiled on both sides. Oh, that's interesting that they went with that approach. Yeah, and I... Um, yeah, well, so only the open portal, I'm guessing, right? Yes. And uh, that's still kind of cool, though. <laughs> like, like, it looks cool, but I was, I was like, why why, not, why did you not make both sides foil? But I'm like, I guess, you know, the double foil a card would be kind of scratch-heavy, but... Yeah, it probably changes the weight of the card significantly. The people be weighing packs and then get upset, like, yeah, I got a heavy pack. No, nah, that's just a double foil portal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that's one of my cards. Um, how do you guys want to do you want to just go through the list or kind of like go around the table? We, just, we can just go around the table, yeah, because I, I I didn't I don't have a list, I just have cards that like I, said, I, I, don't, I don't have I a think... list. I don't have a list. I just have cards I'm like, oh I I know this is good. So yeah. I will uh so for mine, I will say it's a group of cards, but the new clash buffs. Really? I, I, yeah, I highly enjoy, it, especially like restoration, decimation, and what's the green one? Um, infestation. 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 I I think those are nasty, and 
uh, you know, like for example, decimation. When you when you hit somebody with that one, you know, they think they're safe or whatever, and you hit them with that plus three, and it has breakthrough. Oof, I, I I've done some moves where where that hurts. Yeah, I think for me personally, I think decimation is the best out of the four, just because of that plus three plus one breakthrough. Yeah, yeah, that breakthrough is nasty. I'm still kind of partial to restoration, but restoration with caveat good. that it that it matters in its specific matchup more than decimation will matter in most other matchups. When it's good, it's really good. Yeah, restoration restoration is nasty for people that don't know. I'm going to read it because I actually just pulled a foil one while cracking a pack. Heck yeah! Um, so you can only play this card if your contender's black. Target contender or clash card you control gets plus one plus one until end of turn. Then you may put a clash card with an an initial resource cost of one or less from your oblivion into your clash zone engage. So pretty much it gives one creature your contender plus one plus one, and it lets you uh, bring something back from the dead that costs one or less. Well, one at the end of the day, but. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, obviously it's aimed towards being used with death. You know, it's it's very obvious there. Um, but you can still use it in other decks. You, you, yeah, so the long, long sure, um you have a black harbinger, you can you can use that that card. Yeah. Listen, even even in a Moxie deck to get your your draw Moxie out again, it's it's still something, you know what I mean? Oh no, you can't use it with Moxie. Why not? It says and your contender. You can't. Yeah, yeah, you can. I thought I thought they got eradicate only works with harbingers. Oh no, that no, that, that, was, that, was, oh, that, that that's the other one. That's yeah, that's yeah, the okay. other black one. Okay. Yeah, the okay. first one. Yep. Which no, is why I'm use. tended to thinking that that was also a mistake, and that's going to get eradicated before too long. So, if I were you, listeners, I would not count on that actually being a thing. That getting to use. Uh, restoration with moxie then again i don't know why you wouldn't want to use incoming support right obviously yeah i'm just saying that there's advantage in other decks besides that now yeah but free buff is good buff yeah oh, like, free buff is a good buff now how do you guys feel about normal fighting i i like i like normal fighting but i feel um, like it is strictly for like yes it can work with haven and I feel like that's that's the drawback of it. It only works with Haven. And I'm just you, you know anyone that knows me, I hate blue in Magic, and it's no goddamn different in Alpha Flash. Uh, I do not like that card at all, <laughs> and I will not use it. <laughs> wow. Yep, I will not. Oh, I pulled a champion Haven. Jesus Christ! So look at that. <laughs> now, now that the universe fucked me there, like huh? like that, that was like, oh, you're not gonna play me? Let's see about yeah. that. Now that <laughs> that that was probably the most epic <laughs> instant karma. Yep, immediately gross. Ugh, I think I needed her though, so it's okay. But I won't be playing her. She's staying in a binder. <laughs> this is gonna be nice to look at. <laughs> oh, all right, Drake. So what you got? A uh, card that I've been harping on pretty much at every opportunity, Conquest, the Undefeated. Ooh, so nasty. Such a great card. 
Yeah, for uh, those not paying attention, not uh, familiar with that card, it's the Epic in Conquest, or one of the Epics in Conquest. It is two cost, two white devotion, meaning that both of the costs need to be white, but it is a 2-3 body for two cost, and whenever it, uh, it's it got trigger victory, it restands and gains plus one, plus, oh. So it goes from 2-3 to 3-3, assuming it wins. Yep. Now, there is a little slight caveat with this in that uh, once I started actually playing against other human beings with their own brains <laughs> and their own different ideas in the fact that right now, for whatever reason, the format is extremely timid. So trigger victory is never happening. That is the that is what I've noticed. I think that is the conquest problem right now. Everyone is playing so different because one, there's so many traps now. There's so many. Traps. There's so many options. Like you do not. It wasn't like in set one where you were like, okay, if they have this, uh, you know, this amount of resources left, you can kind of guess what they were going with. Now there is a wide array of things that they could do. Whether it be from their hands or from their accessory zone. Uh, to be honest, I think uh, that uh, the trap uh, part of that is just something people are going to get over. Because really speaking, there were a lot of traps and responses and quick actions in the first set. It just it boiled down very quickly to Mag Trap, Lefty's Last Stand, Sharpshooter Moxie, and maybe Blunt. Yeah, that's what that's what I was saying. So in the but first day, you kind of knew what it could be. Now there's just so many that you don't know. Yeah, my predictions uh, now for like the traps that are going to matter: change of scenery, saw you coming, and abatement. Yo, saw you coming. Oof. Uh, yeah. Saw you coming. Yeah, that is. I'm, I'm kind of cheating in the sovereign. fact that I'm talking about a lot more cards. But then again, you talked about like five different clash buffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that. That's fine. Um, okay, so yeah, as far as uh, Conquest Undefeated goes, uh, what really makes it impressive, or what is theoretically supposed to make it impressive but is just not panning out, is it's supposed to be a war killer. War is going to be attacking with a lot of their tokens or tapping them for some reason or another, and yeah. Conquest is just going to go and just hammer smash one right after another, right after another. And if you can uh, run it in war and give it decimation, that's even funnier. Oh yeah, Double yeah. Oh my goodness. And it, that's why I say, like, I feel like it, it's definitely a card that it, it is extremely splashable into almost anything. And and I always say this: like, there's cards I feel like you should definitely have four of. This is one of them. And, and let me tell you, man, that cost, man. A two that that is so good for that card, for what that card does. It's just it, it's a great low cost card to put in your any deck that you're running white. Yeah, but it is a very high devotion, which right. because of its advantage engineness and the fact that it's so high, high devotion. I started referring it to it as the purse puppy equivalent of Kagan. Yeah. See, like my, my when I think of a card that's a two cost that's like that is um the Weber that when it comes in it attaches a weapon to to either itself or something else 
I feel the same way about that card. It was a two-cost card, but it was two black, so it was full devotion to it. But the ability in that Moxie deck to just be able to equip something from one of your Clash cards entering battle uh, was pretty nice. Now, mm -hmm. essentially, you just got a got a one one for free, and you paid a uh, the, the he equipment. is the equip cost. Yeah, yeah, and he was a he was a two two. No, he was a uh, he was a one one. Yeah, uh, the other one -one. Weber was a two two. Yeah, yeah but, you know yeah. Weber is weird. So the next card that <laughs> I have on my list, and I'm gonna I know Drake is probably gonna stand for this one, but I'm sorry, favorable outcome. Which one is that again? Uh, uh, it deals two damage to, to a uh, clash card and it was defeated. Get a war token. Oh, that one. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm sorry. Like, that card is, is so simple, but it is so effective. It's just, hey, you if you knock something out, what you can do with this, with almost any kind of deck, get a war token. And, yeah. and it costs uh, one. A war token that can't attack for the turn. So that, that is kind that of is, That is the key, yeah. I expect people to misplay that a lot. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm like I'm okay with like, I'm okay with not attacking that turn. Yeah, it's better than costing more. It, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. like, I, I, I'm so fine. Like cool, one drop, do that. Cool, take something out, get a token, continue with my plays. I, I that was I feel like it is again another very splashable card to anything that you can make room for red resources. Go ahead and play it. It's another good removal. Yeah. Yeah, but it's two, and that can be a potential problem if because when you're targeting things that are two, there are things that are going to just straight up be immune to it. I mean, this is another reason Conquest the Undefeated is so good. It can't be killed off by a favorable outcome on its own. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then... I'm opening a Kickstarter pack right now. Wish me luck. Yeah. It also, interestingly, cannot target the contender. It has to target clashes. That's another thing I think is going to get misplayed about it a lot. Yeah, that, that you, gotta you gotta catch people. Yeah, because you can't you can't ping the contender with it. That's why I still feel like Flare is still a good card because it can hit anything. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And. Um, what's the other one I had to kind of go off with that? Oh, and, 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 hey, guys, just so you know, uh, Raygon is in the chat on TikTok. Hey, welcome hey. to the chat. Welcome. We're just uh, sitting here talking about our favorite cards from set two, and I'm cracking some packs. Um, now, I, now, I would say in conjunction with our favorite outcome, that I feel like this card would get misplayed, not necessarily the card, but its effect. And that is War Battle Tactician. I hope I'm saying that right. Where oh, Fat Tack. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. So I feel like that one where it's like, cool, no, your your token goes away. I feel like people are going to forget to do that second part a lot. Also, oh, yeah, the 100%. token cannot be blocked or buffed. It can't be blocked or buffed, and then it's defeated, and then it gets sent to oblivion at the end. Of, no, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Before we go on, I need to ask this question right now. Who the hell is putting war tokens in the oblivion? Is that an actual rule? I know. No. Is that an yes, actual rule? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I know what that. the point of that is. The point of that is uh, uh, 
Actually, I'll save that for mine because okay. I think it's probably going to come up. <laughs> okay, because because that, that's my big question. Like, cause it, it, that, they, the war tokens are one one cost, but they do not have a cost. So I'm like, why do like like I need I need clarification? Do they do I need to put it in my oblivion or can I put it back in my token stack? Because I'm not going to carry. Yeah. You put tokens. it back in your token stack, uh, just like magic. Once that once they move positions, they cease existing. Okay. Yeah, that's how I've been playing it. Yeah, I've been playing it just like Magic. Because I'm not carrying around 40 tokens. I'm not doing it. I'm just not going to do it. I will be oh, that. See, I'm I'm a token whore. So yeah, <laughs> I in my deck I have every single token, and if I'm going to put it on the field, I'm putting every single one on the field. <laughs> oh, you! I'm a total token whore. Listen, I have I have a Kyler, uh, Magic the Gathering Commander deck. And it has like fifty different human tokens in it, and my goal is to get one in every like different language. Because like right now I have an Italian one and I have a Russian one, but I want to get one in every language and have them just be humans of different languages. I'm, I'm telling you right now, if I play you and you pull out a stack of tokens, I'm calling the judge. Me like, hey, he he has, he has two decks. <laughs> I'm not playing this game. <laughs> all right, all right, Jake. Uh, what you got for your next card? Uh, it kind of feeds into uh, War Battle Tactician and what happens when the token goes to Oblivion because uh, this one actually I kind of want it to be a combo because they'll make sense together. Uh, Death the Dreadful and Death's Door. Oh my Those god! Death, let, let me tell you, Death's Door is so good. It's so, so good. And you know what? Yeah, Death Store is a freaking win con. And I was hoping that you personally didn't think about that, but I don't know why I didn't think you would not think about tokens and Death's Door. Yeah. Like, it's, it's oh, yeah, good. just use Death's Door in combination with Bardigan Warhorn, flood the board with tokens. Here comes the boom. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, <laughs> oh. Somebody has never played Meat Hook Massacre. And to yeah, make it worse, exactly. and Death Door is not a win for turn. It's every time. So it could, I think I think how the timing goes, like here comes the boom, it hits things one at a time, correct? So then you'll send it, the war tokens one at a time, which then will proc Death's Door, right? Uh, not exactly. They'll all go at the same time, but their triggers will wait for each other and stack on top of each right, other. Stack, so yeah. all of those effects are essentially going into standby, which is uh, Alpha Clash speak for stack. It, yep. I'm kind of saying you did take my. I feel like Death's Door is on everybody's list right now. Like yeah, I, it's I, too I, good. I've said good. so many times. The first, I feel like the first card that would be banned will be Death's Door. I know me and Drake talked about it before. Where it's like, oh, it'd be limited. I'm like, no, it can't be limited because you can search it out. So that makes no point for it to be limited because, cool, I can just play for the zero-cost class grounds. No, not, not that one, but the one-cost class ground over my portal and then, yeah, and search it out. I, I can search the cards. I feel like, honestly, if any card would be the first card to get banned, it will be Death Store. I'm yeah. not so sure about that. There, I, there still are vulnerabilities to the death strategy, and they mostly involve getting domed by war. Because <laughs> death cannot keep up with war's aggression. Because death is just 1-0, she is going to get slammed by all of those tokens, and, oh wait, she actually restores life when she gets hit by the tokens. Okay, and th then war will just have to resort to Strifebringer like he does everybody else. Mm -hmm. Or... 
Think about this. Death Door mixed with Haven. Oh, it'd be interesting to see a blue-black Haven deck. Uh, is that what I'm doing with this one? I don't think it is. Uh, no, that that is not this one. Though I did come up with a really cute Death Door build that utilizes the first edition's mean streak. Really? Uh, yeah. like the like the contender you're saying? Yes, the first mean streak contender. Really? Because you see where this is going, right? He puts a bunch of street counters on things, uh -huh. and he spreads them all out, oh, and then they hot. die, and then he draws, and, and then he gets for pings. Oh, yeah. That is yes, the strat of this deck. And I'm particularly proud of the pun. The ends justify the mean. You're so funny. You are so see. So you're super creative with your uh, alpha clash decks, and I was super creative with my magic decks. I haven't been able to come up with cool names for my alpha clash decks yet. Like I, ha I have no cool names. Like I just go, like I, I want better names for myself, so I have better titles. <laughs> but all right, Jay, what's your what's your next card? What you what you got? What's the best? What's the best? My next card is. War second horseman. Damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. worthy. Yeah. <laughs> you like yeah, yours I'm... that you got for me? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> like... Because that card is disgusting. It is it's just so nasty. And and the fact that it's only costs four, I, I feel yeah. like that I feel like that alone makes it just more like uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, the second... devotion's a little high again, you know, three red, but yeah, it's still. one of the steepest devotion ratios in the game. But it is legendary, and it is a four cost. Yeah, so, well, I'm not legendary. It, actually, yes, legendary. It's unrivaled. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's unrivaled unri legendary. Yeah, which I feel like in general, like that, that it, it needs that to check it because again, it costs four. Yeah, cool. You have one in the deck, but like we said before. You could pair it with with a spiral gateway, and it can be brought back to your hand. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Like I'd hate to have to pay the cost again, though. But I guess you'd protect it at least. Like I feel like that card is like I mean I pay I will pay the cost to keep that card in my hand, but it's like it it, it is fascinating, good, but I feel. What's kind of seconding that, but I thought what kind of keeps it off of my list, but I still want to give it an honorable mention, is the seven cost war. Um, uh, yeah, the intensifier. I feel yep. like the intensifier is like a gun, it is a truly when I play this card, I'm winning the game. Oh, Alex, you designed Grant Park, you're saying. Or did you design uh, War of the Second Horseman? Oh, oh. I don't think that he designed the war. Get this man a round of applause and a case of beer. Yeah, because yeah, that is that is a great card. Uh, the fact, applause that was the is first not card. the mic. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I didn't hit the button. I didn't, I didn't hit the... Um, He said, fun fact, the first card of set two created was that war card. Was it really? Yeah. That's it's let me tell you, I absolutely I love playing war in general. The deck's incredible. 
Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That thing gives you wins in games that you do not deserve to win. <laughs> and, 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 and like I said, like and when war comes down, when it, I feel like when you if you let first of all you let Warhorn just keep going off on you. At some point, it's better to just say, "Cool, I'm going to concede and move to game two. Because once you get yeah. ten war tokens out, just stop. You're yeah. not stopping the board. And then, cool, you you play intensifier. Now everything gets plus one, plus one, and now I'm about to swing into you and attack. Yeah, and, and the thing about war is like when somebody has a ton of tokens out. The last thing you want to do is get their contender below 10. God forbid if you do that without handling those goddamn tokens first. Oh, yeah, because don't they get like uh, plus one and then trample as well? Yeah, that tra- not breakthrough. breakthrough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Like, let me see. My, my other card I have on here, and I will fight to the nail for this damn card change of scenery. Yeah, I think that's one of the big uh, traps slash quick plays that's going to become irrelevant. Yeah. Like, I feel like people who are not respecting change of scenery, like, you don't understand what this card does. It costs two. You only got to, what is it, cost one white resource at least? Yep, one white. Yep. And you put any card back into the opponent's hand. I I I, I don't think it can target Haven of the safeguard. So I think I think Haven does get around it. But you can bounce back any threat back to your opponent's hand. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, there are a couple of caveats to that. One, in order to make that card do anything whatsoever, the portal needs to remain open. So right. if somebody's got a face down that could be change of scenery, all you need to do is close the portal before you attack, and that change of scenery is no longer effective. Second off, the problem with change of scenery is while it's hilarious for tempo purposes, Alpha Clash does not have summoning sickness. So they could just play it again next turn. And yeah, they'll be down tempo, but unless the card costed a whole lot of a lot of resources, they're not going to be out that much. So if, especially if you are dumb enough to like uh use change of scenery on some of the pestilence cards, you are just asking to lose. Yeah, no, like I feel like I feel like there's certain matchups that you do not use again. Like I like using it against um the main one that I like using is that um the four call Main Street Blink of an Eye. Because you have to think oh, a lot of times Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of times people, people will do it. It's cool. I did a one cost T bone, one cost Main Street, got rid of them, played it. Cool and put it back in your hand. Unless you got another T bone and Main Street in your hand, you can't use that card until you get two more resources. Right. Or when you about to get hit with a Kagan in the face, go back to your hand. And then come down and kill something for free again. <laughs> which, that which, that, that, that I, is kind of a problem. Which I'm okay with that because I feel like when you play it, if you if you are in that momentum swing, right, cool, Kagan is my win combo, I play it, you put it back in their hand. I feel like at that point, you when you play that card, you when it comes to your turn, you should be able to win. If you just played it to play it to get it back, that was a waste of a card. That was a waste of a turn. When you put something big, heavy like that back in hand, try to win on your turn. That, but that's well, like uh, that's yeah. Again, if you play um, Transcendent on uh, Intensifier and they still have twenty tokens, go to game two. Stop. You're not winning unless you have Here Comes the Boom in your hand. 
Right. That, there's a reason I made it my number one card of set one. So we have we have Brian in the chat asking what card game is this? This is Alpha Clash. It is a as of right now a two player uh superhero trading card game. Uh high on resource management and uh at least with us, a lot of deck building. A we, lot of deck a lot of we're, deck building. we're constantly building decks. Um, but it kind of plays in the aspect, not the same way, but kind of plays like Magic. It has some pulls from other games like Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, but it is kind of like Commander, where you have a main contender, uh, and then that is kind of what your opponent is aiming to bring down to zero. And your your contenders have abilities that get activated depending on their health threshold. But if you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. Uh, as you can see, some of the cards are pretty awesome. They 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 uh, they are definitely. It's definitely one of my favorite games to play, because like, it's yeah. like you said, it's so much to do, and there's so much deck building that goes into it. And then now having so many more cards. Yeah, options makes a big difference. And I know, like, obviously we've seen uh, Drake. Drake is a maniac when it comes to building decks. I think literally uh, we should have a, like, I feel like, and I'm going I'm to lobby for this, on the Apple Class Deck Builder site, we should have something called Drake's Corner, where it's just all of his decks. <laughs> oh, don't tempt me. That's basically what I was preparing to do this all afternoon. Like, because <laughs> like, like, like you you scroll through it, it's the majority of his decks just in there like, cool. And I feel like a lot of people are, like, saying, you know what? I'm just going to wait for a Drake, Drake deck. I'm going to go ahead and look at it, and I'm going to go from there. That's funny. All right, perfect. So who Drake, has the so next what, card? Uh, let me see. I'm trying to think of. I got mine picked out. I think I was. Was I next? Yeah, you can pick one. Uh. Uh, we've mentioned Bardigan Warhorn before and all the token shenanigans. Probably the thing that's the biggest payoff to that, War Strifebringer. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's a, yeah. That's a good card. Yeah, yeah, War Strifebringer will perform dentistry on you. Uh, once you get enough uh, critical mass of War Tokens, War Strifebringer comes out, he's 3-3. Three, three. He does have a portal uh, matters ability that doesn't do anything if the portal is not open, but he trips the portal first. So he yes. uh, sets himself perfect. up for portal activity, which the portal's probably open anyway. That's how uh, you got all the tokens from Bardigan Warhorn in the first mm -hmm. place. Right. And it will, uh, for every one that you tap in addition on attack trigger for... Uh, uh, War Strifebringer, it will increase War Strife War Strifebringer's attack by one O per token, and throw in breakthrough. Yeah, which which is horrible as it. You know what? I can't forget about the breakthrough scale. I, I keep forgetting that it does get breakthrough. So yeah, yeah, it's vicious. I, I, I need to go ahead and add that to my list because that's why I didn't. I'm like, ah, oh, this is okay, but you can block it. You can't waste it. I forgot all about that it does get Breakthrough. Yeah, Breakthrough is 
basically the flight of set two. Not many things in set two fly, but there is a lot of breakthrough. There, there is a lot, and there's a lot of flight hate, and there's a lot of close combat now. Not, not a lot of close. No, combat. I was gonna say not really? too much. Like you got the, yeah, you got the item that gives uh, that gives uh that gives it. Yeah, yep. ancestral Guandao. Problem is, yep. ancestral Guandao, like most weapons, sucks. <laughs> it, it, I'm sorry. I tried it in a conquest build. It doesn't work. I'm sorry. It doesn't. See, it's the, way too slow. It, it's 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 too it's too expensive. Yeah, uh, that's part of it. It's just that also equipment is just such a burdensome thing to have to deal with its equip cost over and over and over again. This is why Moxie gets around it with UN Headquarters. because And that's what really starts making her go off to the same degree that every other contender does. Speaking speaking of uh, UN, uh, I'll say my favorite card, Siberia. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt that coming. I, I, knew, I knew that was coming. <laughs> oh my Siberia! Why? Why are you so perfect? <laughs> now, have you been to play with it yet? I have played with it, and I I enjoy it. I highly enjoy it because I I oh shit! Did I just get an air pack? I got a I got a pack with a upside down backwards card. Um, but yes, I enjoy playing Siberia a lot. It is in a certain deck, and. It's doing well. I still have to figure out, like I said, I'm trying to build my white, red, black, so Mardu, uh, Moxie deck, but I have not gotten around to go full on into it, but I have a pretty good idea of how I'm going to do it in my head, and I think it'll work, but I'll have to check it out. What's the white component? Deliverance and even... Deliverance and Haven package, yeah. And then I put in 1911s. Okay. Yep. So those are those are the, the only cards in white that it gets. But like I said, I still have to play test it to see because I may drop down the whites to just Haven and um, Deliverance. But I'm not sure yet. At that point, you might as well like drop that. And instead of going Deliverance, you could probably get more color synergy by going to the depths. Oh, yeah. I just pulled a uh, Foil Conquest of Destroyer. See? Look at this guy. This guy. Got it. But it's so pretty. It's so beautiful. Okay, so real quick. Segue. Has anybody else noticed the foiling for set two is just what's so much more vibrant? It's oh yeah, vibrant. really artful. Uh, you can see this a lot where I'm just gushing over it in the uh, case opening, but it, there's a lot of really interesting choices on uh, how the different things are foiled, like eyes, gemstones. Yeah, like one of my favorites, underground subway, is some really neat foiling because it's, yes. it's yes. LED. The lights in the background are foiled, and the trains are foiled. The uh, the essentially the train yard part portion, not where people walk. But that part is foiled out, and it really makes it look uh, very artistically done. Okay, so... Which other ones, too, I like, though? The foiling? Uh, everything in the Clash Kit. Every card yeah. in the Clash Kit, I feel like, was foiled so well. Especially Shrapnel. Yeah, like, it's it's so so nicely done. 
Um, and I don't know if you've guys seen Coggin Blazing Dragon, the foiling on that one. That one's also awesome. So I have a question. Did anybody pull a the um rep, replicate foil? Yes. Okay. That's the one that has war kind of like aiming back with a spe- uh, spear or yes. something. It's like something. Yeah, I do have one. Like, uh, can you show that? Because I'm like, mine, yeah. it looks like the hand is not there at all. And for some reason, I love that foiling. Yeah, and also, look at War's tattoos. If if you're in a foil card, War's tattoos are probably foiled up. Oh, damn, I think it's in the deck. It's not in my binder. I think I have it in the deck. And yes, I'm looking at, like, for example, Grasp of War, and you can see that War's tattoos is what's foiled. Let me see. And then... What's it? I'm trying... I'm, I, I wrote my list down. Um, I'm gonna... Well, we have other stuff to talk about, too, if we've... You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm gonna be kind of a, a troll on the, the, my next two that, I, that I'm gonna say, and that, that'd be kind of end of my list. Uh, the first one is a super troll. Um, Haven's Backpack. Yeah, oh. <laughs> oh, why I would say him a backpack is such like a great card because one, you need the card to even play the deck. Yeah. So without that card, you can't play Haven Exodia. So in my yeah. eyes, that makes it a great card because how else can you play it? Yeah. And and I'll say this, man. You know, I told you guys that I saw someone actually win off the 25 counters. It was the slowest win that I've ever had to see. <laughs> um, but let me tell you, the feeling that, that I got watching it was pretty great. Because I never thought anybody would do it, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty great. And going back to that foiling thing real quick, this is what we're talking about, like the portal. Oh, so you do have one. I just pulled it. I literally just pulled it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Foil gang. Yeah, this thing's nice. Oh, I'm gonna put it in a in a top loader and use it as my my uh, portal. Now, my last card, and it was a huge toss up between uh, Clarity Harbinger of Death and Death Endbringer. But I'm sorry, I feel like Death. Uh, it's it's you know what I got give I give both spots because I feel like clarity fact it cannot be targeted if it's re- if it's exhausted it's fucking busted but then endbringer if the portal's open to like cool I'm gonna pop something on your field and then on my turn I'm bringing the back and you're just triggering death's door like it, it endbringer and I said I find these two cards are so good together look at, I feel like you might build Haven next just build Haven. You keep pulling stuff. So I'll I'll agree with you in the aspect of that the clarity, man. Uh, I absolutely, and it's mostly you know, and I know that uh, Drake will agree with me. Being able to pick if you put her in the resource zone, being able to pick between if you want it to be white this turn or black this turn, 
is incredible. Uh, oh, you know, I'm just uh, just like in Magic, question. yeah, just like in Magic, when the dual lands hit and everybody like and that you know like was like, oh my goodness, how much of a difference? Having one resource that is a dual resource is incredible. Yeah, she's almost better there than she is in your hand. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, resourcing clarity is not anything to be ashamed of. She is bonkers as a resource. Using her as a resource is how I've done most of my restorations because I get down to that last resource and it's just sitting there and nobody knows what I'm going to do and I could just restoration from there because yeah, I could use it as a white resource to play another haven or something or restoration. Yep, and I, and I feel like, and that's why I said like it's such a tie between those two. Because they're both so versatile in what they do. And I, I just, I don't know. I thought they're so versatile. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm always going to feel like these dual colored ones from now on when they come out is going to be a big deal. Because, you know, obviously right now a white black is nice. Uh, I wouldn't mind having something that's like a red white or a blue green. You know, you know, you know, you do not want blue green. Well, I don't, but I know there's a couple of magnate <laughs> people out there that really want it, or a red green for like, you know, it's like it's just the more of these that we get, the it's gonna be it's gonna be nice because, like I said, even in Magic when they introduce dual lands, like it's it's a game changer. I still feel like we should get some more resource ramp cards. Haven cannot carry the load by herself no more. Yeah. But I also feel like I I, I don't want like a whole how do I say this? I don't want every color to get it. I'll be okay if blue, which I know you'll probably like stop, but I feel like blue should keep the resource ramp. I do. I feel like blue and white should get it. See, no, no, yeah, that, 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 okay. No, see, that I'll agree with. All right, blue, white, I'll like blue, agree like blue, with blue, blue, white. white gets it. I'm okay with it. Can you imagine if red had any kind of he gave me red, red green, ramp. yeah, red and green had any kind of energy ramp, yeah, like dedicated for them? That, I mean, because I know right now when you play green, yeah, you play your havens, but can you imagine you had a green card that you could play in your deck that also get resource ramp? Yeah, no, no nobody needs that, nobody needs that. <laughs> <laughs> what deck you playing today? Green? I'm not playing. Quick. All, right. <laughs> All right, Drake, what, what else you got? Uh, it's kind of another package deal because they make sense in each other's context. Uh, essentially, it's the Machina package. The, Machina, the new Machina contender, I forget his uh, subtitle, and uh, the Machina 5 from the starter deck and shrapnel together they make a absurd damage engine and it's yet another way that uh uh alpha clash cards are stopping uh playing the game that you are playing machina is playing his own game he is gonna just burn you to a crisp and just get the shrapnel back over and over and over again to just do three damage you get a draw every turn yeah i i think out of any cards that like it's like probably I would say the first true combo cards in the game 
is a Machina, Machina 5, and Shrapnel. I do feel like those cards are cards that 100% they work together and they know exactly what they're doing. Oh, uh, yeah. And Again, what... not unbeatable, though. Uh, not... I've tried Which uh, is great. Death's Door against them. Death's Door will absolutely flatten Machina because Death's Door triggers a lot faster. And part of what makes the Machina deck so nasty is that particular combo is all the damage that you were doing is you were doing one damage when Shrapnel enters to a Clash. And then Machina taps to uh, send it to the Oblivion. And Machina does two to anything he wants, Contender or Clash. And the Shrapnel, when it goes to the discard pile, is doing one damage to Contender. So if you slap um, Scorched Earth on top of that, that is two different damage sources. Technically three, if you count what it's doing to a Clash card. So you are uh, dinging a Clash card for two. You are dinging the Contender for five. And you are... Uh, yeah, you are digging the contender for five. That is a lot of damage to come in. Yes. And all that is can be repeated so long as uh, the Machina 5, who is stat line 3-5, but it's kind of irrelevant. He could be a 1-1 one, one and still work. Yeah, he, he could be, uh, be a 1-4, and because all that matters is he survives the attack, because that means he gets to do it again next turn. And you're just doming the opponent for five damage every single turn. If this is another reason Death's Door is a problem against it, because Death's Door will get rid of, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, Scorched Earth. So it stops that real heavy deluge from coming in, and it makes it so that whenever Death loses Clash cards, it will actually increase Death's life. So it kind of balances out, yeah. and Death will start very, very slowly bouncing back uh, from all the life damage that he suffered and essentially attrition Machina out. I think a lot of people who are thinking that Machina is the most broken thing in the universe right now are operating on a starter deck paradigm and haven't really gotten to grips with a lot of what's in the set and more to the point, what the contenders are capable of. I would say, right. that, I would say that Machina, if you are ever doing a trial deck tournament, that is the one you definitely want to go with because you're you're going to win. But I yeah. feel like is he still needs a lot of um, experimentation. I, I don't feel like the twenty five uh, health holds it back, but I feel like it. It tries to even it out at it, least. It, it, it does, and I, I just feel like again, like you really have to try to work it out. I don't see one person that try to mix it with torque, even though we we know that torque hitting on the boom is a very powerful thing. I just feel like what Mike wants to do, it doesn't work. Like, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's kind of cheeky. Yeah, you can do it. You can hear comes the boom stuff. Like, that's cool and all, but it, it just doesn't flow correctly. Like, it's... I, I don't feel like Torque is the perfect, I would say, companion for it. And I feel like that's what we need to figure out is what is a good companion card for Mike What can you use that will truly make that deck next level. I've been trying to get a Machina build off the ground that essentially goes red-blue, and it uh, winds up flinging sticky fingers from the Haven package because it's a one-cost card. And uh, in usual Drake fashion, I gave the nickname Machina Gives You the Finger. What? Uh, <laughs> you're, Drake, you're too much, man. Which I feel like sticky fingers with that is actually really good because again it gives you something quick to play, and then also yeah, it's 
quick equipment that's going to be what really keeps Machina humming. Now, do you combine it with um, Haven Bountiful Collector since they can actually get accessories back? Not, now they officially have a target? Uh, you could. That could get you to Machina 5 a lot easier. Uh, yeah, you probably would in that particular case. It's like, there's a few different Machina builds that really spring to mind. Uh, red White, Red Blue, Red Black. The idea with Red White is you're going the handgun route. Red Black, obviously you are going more of a moxie. And I've, I've seen people run Death in there as well, just for uh, slamming in more damage. And the white bl and the red blue that I'm talking about is relying on sticky fingers and bountiful collector in order to ramp up really hard and possibly even go for that famed uh, Machina Seven finisher that, that we were all thinking about in set yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Which which we thought would be definitely something different. Now, Jake, so what's your next card? Uh, um, the five five pestilence. Really? Yeah, I uh, I, I won't lie to you. In and this is the thing. So I haven't used it in an actual deck. Like I used it in two of my drafts. Uh, and I it ended up being for win cons for me in both those decks. Um, oh, well, yeah, in a draft context. Yeah, 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 in a draft. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, in a draft context, I highly enjoyed that card. I have not even considered making a pestilence deck. Um, so I don't know if you guys have. I, I, uh, I, I have. I, I have. <laughs> yeah, I have not considered it, so I haven't even looked at the rest of its cards. Um, although I have plenty of them, but yeah, I I, I do think the mechanic is cool. Like I, I like um I, I think everything that with pestilence it's it's really really fun. And I first start off with a black green pestilence. Um, and now I'm on to um green red pestilence. Yeah, okay. I think everybody's gonna grad uh, graduate to green red pestilence once they finally read pestilence and go, Oh, primary phase, that's what that means. Yeah. Yeah. And because I was trying, like, I was, tr I, I did. I'm not going to lie. I tried the new Kilimanjaro out. I gave it everything I had. I'm like, this card is just not good. Yeah. It, you know, that whole, I, I think maybe we'll see it matter when we get some more discarded cards and stuff like that. Not because I'm saying because their name's discarded, but it seems like I think that the discarded is going to go in the way of, a lot of discarding cards. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, I, it's not just because of the name, but just I, I think that that's the mechanic that that, that uh, affiliation will go in. So I think that's when it'll matter more. And I think even deaths, you know, a lot of deaths cards are going to matter once we get more discarded cards. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if death gets more cards that allows you to put more stuff into your discard pile, it's just going to be like, at, at, at some point, like, cool, I don't need my deck. I'm going to flip it over. Oh, my God, what if Death gets a card that says, it's just, you can't lose the game if you deck out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> ah, that would be the most stacky. Yeah, stacky. <laughs> like, I can't lose. 
My discard pile is my deck. <laughs> that that would be awesome. Now, I do have this question. Do you think we're going to get any more legendary cards like Haven's Backpack? Oh, I think so, for uh, sure. In terms of what? In terms of WinCon? In terms like, of like, win, like win con. Yeah, WinCon, I think is what he's saying, yeah. Like WinCon, like more WinCon cards. Like I, like, I feel like something for death, like, again, like I said before, like, as long as this card is, you know, in a resource zone, you can't lose by deck out. Yeah. I would I would like to see something uh you know in the way of Moxie support that says something like like it's one of her her weapons and if you get this weapon out like it is a nuclear and it's just it's a win con. Yeah, like if you I get would, I would like, like if you get um what like let's say you get what 10 20 10 yeah like 10 like 10 accessories in your resource zone like and, then, and like if, like I'll say like something like that would be like cool Hey, for the rest of the game, you can't play any accessories except for weapons. But when you get twenty weapons in your resource zone, you win the game. Mm. Uh, that'd be. I think that's a little too hard. I, I think it would more have to be something along the lines of uh, like. I'm trying to think of what it'd be like. Maybe like art artillery counters or something like that that you put on weapons. And once you get to a certain amount, like it, it gives them, you know, it gives all your weapons breakthrough or something like that. Where like you can just aim away with your guns. And even if they block you, like they just keep taking damage because you're just shooting a barrage of bullets at them. Um, Ooh, I think something or, like that. Or here's a thought. What if there's like an like a relic called ammo dump or something like that, and it it does the same thing as Defiler's Vial as far as it gets uh, what I'm I'm just call munition counters, and uh, munition counters can be spent to pay black equip costs. Yeah, Ooh. see, like that. See, that, oh like, that, like that. That would be nasty. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that uh, then you're uh, solving the equipment problem because the equipment problem is what really kicked Moxie in the teeth. And when Moxie uh, started actually overcoming it, that's when she started humming. That's when she did like, I'm going to juggle seven desert eagles and shoot yep. you in the face with all of them. Yep. Yeah, that really is. That's where that's where she shines. If I can hold you out into the mid game where I'm able to just move weapon, 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 that's that's where she shines. Before that, she's just a, a chick with a suit. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know that better than anyone else at this <laughs> fucking juncture right now. How if you let Moxie get to you know fire? I have five weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna place that for free. Pew pew pew. Yep. <laughs> no, and anger. now I'm beginning to understand why the starter deck doesn't include any handguns. Yeah, yo, yo and, yeah, because yeah, I'm sorry, handguns is, is when I first saw that card, I'm like, yeah, handguns is what this deck needed. Now, yeah. that actually brings me a question. Actually, bring, actually, segue to our next topic because we know because it was announced last week, right after, right after the stream, um, draft box. The first yes. draft box is, is coming in February, year of the dragon, in February, yes. In February, so it's what is a hundred and ninety-seven new, no, hundred ninety-seven unique cards. Yep, uh, twenty of them are alter art reprints from set one. 
And then we have um, the full. The what? It's 32 packs of yeah. 15 cards each. Yeah, thir- 32 packs, 15 cards each. Let me pull it up because. It brings. Yeah, it has its own it price support. The contenders and all the clash buffs or something like that. Yeah, all the tokens. Yeah, it's and no, then it has tokens. all the price support. Hope we get a paw token. I'm just being greedy at this point. <laughs> now, uh, have you got yeah. a Kickstarter that says Paul is your game? So, yeah, so you get... That's kind of sent. 32 booster packs, um, one brick of contenders and tokens. Yep. Okay, uh, built okay prize so port, tender brick. Um, 10 exclusive iconic art case toppers, the instruction, and then 20 art turn of art cards. And yeah. so I didn't know... Um, that local game stores can run draft events, but also I like this, and this is something that Dragon Ball Super did that I loved. You can just pick up a box, get get together with some of your friends, and run your own drafts at your house. Which that's what I, I did. I love that. And so the MSRP on it is one fourteen. Um, yep. I know we probably will sell ours for me about ninety bucks. Yeah, that's how much uh, Team Covenant's doing ninety one ninety nine. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm we will probably do ours at the same pricing. Cause again, I would love it for people just to pick it up and get together with new players and say, "Hey, let's let's draft." Like I feel like that would be so much fun. Yeah, and I'm, I, you know, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I actually really enjoy drafting Alpha Clash. I hated drafting Magic, but I enjoy it, drafting Alpha Clash. Yeah, I know we talked about it before when uh, Magic Highness was on. Where for yeah. me, I I would hate to run an event where a draft where you had that person who comes in and they immediately go for the rare slot or the yeah. hot slot and then they leave. Like I said, I rather yeah, I rather, yeah, rather do it with friends where people are like, okay, we're together. You know, we all pitched in for this box. You know, can we think about if it's eight players, ninety bucks. You you split that between eight people. That's what I'm not good at math. Yeah. Eleven, eleven like, like yeah, eleven bucks. Yeah, eleven bucks a piece. And everybody's like, cool. After it's done, we just put our cards together and we just do that. Like I, I feel like that's more fun. And that's why I'm so excited for th- for this draft set. Because I see it as a way to get so many new players in. I see yeah. it at side events, especially with Vegas being the first one. Like, hey, it's a side event for, you know, draft like the draft, you know, it's eleven bucks to enter. You know, we'll fire eight man pods. Like I feel like those things are so attractive. To bring people in. Yep. And I think it's going to be a good way, especially, you know, after what we were talking about going on with Hasbro, to get some of these Magic players to actually start playing the game. Yes. And I I feel like, again, that's how you really take that momentum. Like, hey, here's a draft box that's fun to play. Like, here here the draft is fun. It's, It's extremely affordable. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the price point is perfect. Um, you know, I I, I want to say this before I go because I do have to go. Um, I want to thank the Realm team for one making us feel like we're actually being listened to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know we all three of us are players of the game. We're all supporters of the game and stuff like that. But to find out this announcement literally at, i would say what it was was it either within 24 hours or 44 hours it's like it's like, it's like it's like 24 hours after episode yeah and and i won't say that it's because of us that it was announced i'm just saying to find this announcement and to think even if it wasn't from us that they got it that at least they must be thinking like we are 
because they made this announcement at the perfect time. They made it at a time where, you know, obviously us as being high supporters of the game, we're starting to realize that we needed something. We needed things to be in a certain way. You know, I made my rant of what I thought needed to be done to make this set something that was a uh, sellable product, and they hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, the altar cards, the changing the codes on the card yes. so that that way the people are original uh, sets wouldn't get devalued uh have including prize support inside of the inside of the draft box like that's something that we didn't even mention but that's incredible like i you know magic doesn't do that i don't know any other card game that provides the prize support right inside like that's incredible and it's amazing and it makes it so that when you do invite your friends you know because what i'm guessing is that inside there's going to be uh, competitor cards, and there's going to be maybe four champion cards that you would give to, because it's an eight-man pod, so I'm guessing it's going to be eight contender or er, competitor cards and four champion cards. Uh, that's awesome. To be able to give your friends and be like, hey, you know, you won for the night, here's this, uh, it, it's going to pull people in, it, and it, it, it's it, incredible. Exactly. I'll say again, the price point is so affordable when you think about it that you get everything that you get for like a regular tournament all in one box and i again i feel that is just amazing and that's why i feel like the team arising or again they're they truly listen and you know i can we can go on and on about that like i said the biggest thing is when the community said hey we got these clash kits why am i getting the same cards inside a booster box and you look at it now Anything that was, they, they changed the cool. These are trial deck exclusive. Don't get this. You ain't see them at all in set two. And if you did, it wasn't a lot. I know the next thing yeah. people were talking about, hey, could we cut down on the contenders in the box? And I know for a fact, come um, set three, it, it, they'll, they'll go ahead and maybe reduce that. And that's why I said I love this game, and I love that they do that. Yeah. No, it's great. But yeah, awesome. And and let and let's listen that uh that promo that you get with uh Team Covenants. Oh, the death, yeah, nice. yeah, say less. Yeah. Like that. pretty nice. But I will say this: the highlight of the Altarts is that Coggin. Holy hell! Why did they not go with that Coggin as the main Coggin? You know why? They they were saving it for the for the draft box. But now I said I'm sorry. The the their brushed red on there that it looks so amazing. Yeah, he looks incredible. Absolutely love that alt art. But yeah, yeah. But um, we're I said we're gonna go ahead and cut out. I know you said Jay, you gotta go because you haven't ate yet. Um, yeah, I'm starving, man. I, I'm starting to get a headache. <laughs> I, I did eat and I had Chipotle and I I can't. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, listeners and joggers. I can't hold this no more. <laughs> but that is that is gonna be our episode tonight. We'll be back next week. Um, and again, uh, everybody who is celebrating the holidays, again, spend time with your family. Uh, we'll, yes, we'll be back next Christmases. week. We'll be back next week with some. We're, we're gonna do some some battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some battles. I'm. Uh, I'll be ready next week. And I feel like we should. I feel like something we could talk about offline. Cause I know that eventually. I know that they are gonna have four player or tag teams coming soon. I would yes. say, hey, let let's create our own rules. I mean, within reason. Drake, <laughs> and and let let's do a let's do a four um four person tournament. 
like, I, 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 like, like, yeah, like, 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 yeah, like, let's do it, let's do that. I feel like that'd be really cool. Yeah. Who's person yeah. four? That's what I was gonna say. Maybe I'm pretty sure Andrew would. We probably, I, 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 I hope we can get Andrew in. Yeah, Andrew <laughs> would be good, and he's a, he's a good player. I've played him a couple times. He's good. That's right, so what we, we get him in, and we'll do that way. But yeah, but listeners, that that is our time. Again, we are the Roll Contenders, and then check us out on YouTube and on your podcast streaming by tomorrow, and we'll catch you guys next week. Happy holidays. Yep, and just let me throw this out there for anyone that is watching. If you do want to watch us live, you can join my TikTok at J underscore Crane 87 TCG. Because, uh, you know, I do like when people are asking questions live and we're able to answer them. So uh, it's nice. And I want to thank Alex for joining. I also saw Josh join for a while. So thank you guys for, you know, showing some support. Yeah, so, so we, again, I said, I, like I said, I'll always say, I love the support that we get um, when we're live, when we're um, listening to recording, people listen to podcasts. Again, it, it helps the channel grow. It helps um, Alpha Clash grow. It allows people to understand. Like a lot of people always say, you know, what is this game? What is it? And that's why we do these podcasts every week to just talk about the game, get people excited for it, and let them know that Alpha Clash is here. And I'm sorry, I will say by 2024. It's going to be a mainstay game. Yeah, I think so, too. I think this this is going to be Alpha Clash's year. Uh, their battle plan is a smart one. It's organized, and I think we're going to see a lot of good things, especially after Vegas. I think Vegas is going to bring a huge amount of attention. Yeah, yeah I feel like Vegas is going to be, again, it's going to be a huge crowd. It's going to be a lot of people, and people are like, okay, what are they doing? How do they have this turnout? Damn, I'm playing Battle Spirits and I can't get this turn out. Yes, that was a shot. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Flesh and Blood also started getting its massive surges once it had its first like tournament at Gen yep. Con, I want to say. Yep, it does. A, a tournament will will change the game. So I'm hoping that everything goes well in Vegas so that this. Game could pick up good attention. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm 100 still going. I, I'm 100 going to be there. Oh yeah, it's just a question of how I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yep. But all right, everybody. All right. Uh, everyone have a great night. All righty. Good night. <laughs>